Hey, welcome to the Photo Facts Podcast, episode 42. Hey, how you doing, Brad? 42. That's yeah. the ultimate answer to the life, the universe, and everything. Yeah. We've got Brad Barton here from Brad... What's that? The, ultimate, the, the answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything is 42. Cool. That's awesome. Good it's to know. It's also Jackie Robinson's number. Remember that? Oh, yes, yeah. it's Jackie Robinson's number. But you know why they chose 42 for Hitchhiker's Guide? No, yeah. why? The, the author chose that number specifically to be in the book because it was the number of days that the Ministry of Health in the UK recommended you wait before having sex again after having a child. Really? That's why he chose that number. Uh, <laughs> that must oh. be the UK. That would yes. be Robert's phone. Yes, That's... that would be the that would be the studio line. Let me let me see if it's anybody important. Hang on. So yeah, let's uh, let's talk here. So welcome to forty facts fod fast fifi. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to episode 42, everyone. Hi, that's the camera over there. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, we've got Brad Barton. He's in Fort Worth, Texas. And we are really excited to have him on here because he is an awesome photographer. I've looked at his website and all his goodness. Um, all his so, goodness? Yeah, all his goodness. Oh, my goodness. That's scary. <laughs> wow. That's going to really excite those guys that are in prison right now listening to the podcast. Yeah, wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Jim. Okay, so, Mr. Brad, uh, what what are you doing today? What is your first thing that after this podcast, what are you going to be doing after this? Well, actually, Tuesdays are my office day, so I spend this trying to catch up on all the stuff in the weekend. Uh, my weekend is actually Monday and Tuesday, so the other days of the week I'm either taking appointments or working retouches, so... Mondays, Mondays are generally errand days for personal stuff, and then Tuesdays end up being office days for all the uh, crappy work that we have to do as photographers. <laughs> yeah. that doesn't involve creativity. Uh, so tell us, uh, how did you get started in photography? Well, I've always had a camera in my hands. Uh, I uh, started out, at, at, like many, with, as a young kid. My first camera was a, a old Kodak Instamatic, the old cartridge film Cameras, remember those in the in the seventies? Oh, yeah. uh, got an SLR when I was in high school from my dad. Borrowed that he bought in Vietnam in the sixties. Oh, cool! And uh, used that through high school doing uh, newspaper, yearbook, that sort of thing. I freelanced through college. Uh, I worked at uh, Six Flags even in college. The, the remember the uh, old plastic scopes? You look through one end, a picture at the other end. I worked for those people out at Six Flags for, for several years. It, it first, at first as a photographer and then in the lab, we used little half-frame Olympus cameras, shot uh, E6 film. Wow. And then I ended up in the computer industry for many, many years doing custom programming and such. Hmm. Picked up the camera again as a hobby around 2002, 2003. Got invited. At, at that point, I was doing landscape stuff, nature stuff, you know, all the things that didn't involve people because I didn't like people, or at least that's what I thought. Yeah. And I got invited on a free model shoot and went out on a lark uh, doing a blue bonnet shoot with a bunch of kids, kid models, and decided I actually liked that sort of photography. From there, I had a chance meeting with an acting coach here locally and ended up in the acting headshot business. Wow. And it just kind of took off from there. So really, the business part of my photography career was a little bit of an accident. Hmm. But I already wow. had a business established, so I knew how to run a business. It was just a matter of what I was doing for that business. So uh, what, 
What would you have liked to know when you first started? You know, what, what would you have liked to know that you, that you know now that you didn't know then? That I know now? I don't know anything now. <laughs> uh, honestly, I wish I had done a lot more marketing and education early on. Uh, that's always been my weakest point is trying to get the word out that I exist. Even. That's for sure. Yeah, that's me. That's my problem. Um, so go keep going if you're not done there. No, no, that's that, that's about it, really. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I was running a business before that. I was running a computer consulting business before that, so I already knew a lot of the business things. Uh, when young photographers ask me now what it would what what they need to do to get into the photography business, the first thing I do is tell them to take business classes. Uh, if they're heading to college, they want to be a photographer. I tell them take business classes in college because the photography will come. You can learn photography as you go along. The business stuff, if you don't learn that before you start your business, you're screwed. Yeah, that, uh, I can relate to that. <laughs> I didn't do that. Um, so you're active in the PPA, Professional Photographers of America. You're hey, just, hey, Jim, let yes. me jump in here for a second. Yeah, go ahead. Because you know, he brought up a really good point about business, and I wanted to go ahead and have him touch a little bit more on that. Uh, when it comes to the business part of photography, uh, you know, I have some people that I try and help along and explain to them that we spend probably 80% of the time doing other things than photography just to keep the business going. Be it marketing, bookkeeping, advertising, you know, your general running around, your editing part versus actually snapping a shot. What, um, what do you have in your business that helps you keep going? I mean, is it your marketing plan? Is it your organizational skills? Or is it maybe like, um, what kind of software do you use to run your business with? Do you use Studio Cloud? or you know Tave or one of those other type things that kind of helps you to go along? Honestly, I use a hodgepodge of things to, to keep me on task. Uh, for all the accounting side of things, I use QuickBooks uh, because it's what I've always used. Uh, I use Google Calendar to keep my appointments straight. I have to-do lists on my phone that, that keep, me, keep me set up. And up here on my whiteboard, I have my list of retouching that needs to be done for, for clients, which actually started to thin out. I was a little behind heading out of, out of spring because it was so, such a busy time. Uh, what else? What else do I use? Uh, pretty much that's it for the software side of things. The to-do list on my phone, Google Calendar, and uh, QuickBooks for the accounting side of things. Okay, do you oh. have like a schedule set up, like your weekly schedule you try and stick to versus trying to do everything every day? I generally try to save uh, retouching for the weekdays because my my clients tend to want weekend appointments. But oh, okay. uh, no, I don't have a uh, I don't have a set schedule for for things other than trying to take that Monday and Tuesday off. Doesn't always work out so well, but occasionally I make it through a Monday oh, yeah. and Tuesday without actually oh, yeah. working. Stand with that. Okay, Jim, go ahead with that next question. I just wanted to hear more about the business part. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you, you're in the Professional Photographers of America. Uh, yes. You're working towards a degree program. Uh, how important is that the the PPA to you? You know, to a to, to a new. How important is it to a new photographer? Well, most of what I get, most of the most of the clients I get are I get through networking. Uh, I would say. 95% of my clients are through straight networking, not through uh, advertising of any kind. And probably 10% of the people I get networking-wise are coming from other referrals from other photographers. Uh, I had a family portrait last weekend that came through uh, Southern Flair here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I get headshot 
referrals all the time from various studios around because they don't want to don't want to deal with the headshots. It's a very specific, uh, very specific niche that you have mm-hmm. to uh, uh, know what you're doing there, and yeah. a lot of them just don't want to mess with that. Uh, but PPA, the networking in the PPA, and the education available in PPA, the you, you mentioned working towards the degree programs, and some people look at the degree programs as just a method of getting that award. They they work through their the merit system and they get the award, but it's really by working through that merit system, you're gaining experience that you don't get much of any other way. The competition process, especially, Robert can attest to that one because he's. Uh, complained about competition in the past, I'm pretty sure. Okay. I've heard a few you things know what, there. since you brought up, let's go ahead and let's use this to air it out, okay? Um, I, I have to tell all the listeners right now that, yes, I probably produce a good image every once in a while. Or let me get back. I produce good images on a regular basis, but occasionally you get that great image. And I am totally terrified of putting that image in front of these judges because they're at a level that I wish to attain one day. <laughs> And these guys are just going to rip it apart. I've actually taken images two years ago to my mentor and images I thought were, were like just absolute killers. And then he starts nitpicking me for the way the hand is laying in the image. These are images that I deliver to my clients. I did not create specifically for a competition. And I personally believe that those images that you are creating for your customers are the ones we should be judged on not sitting there and uh, creating an image specifically for competition that wasn't, um, wasn't requested or asked for by a client. I mean, the image of these guys do and the Photoshop work is absolutely freaking amazing. My jaw drops every time I look at print competitions. And I got to tell you, I, I'm just not in that area. I, 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 that's my next part now is working on my master's degree with the BPA and having to do print competition. I'm just trying to figure out how low a score can I get to get a point. <laughs> so my biggest thing with the competition is uh, I, I don't want to sit here and try and impress another photographer. I just want to be able to show a good quality, excellent quality of my images that I would deliver to clients, and I want people to judge me on that. But I know I'm going to fall on my face. So yeah, the print competition thing is kind of, kind of crazy. I mean, just looking at some of the images right now, uh, Jim is actually pulling up some of your images on your website, and they're well, just like incredible. But I know that you created those images for your clients. Yes, yeah, so my about my competition images. Uh, I'm currently at. Oh hell, I don't remember. I think it's ten, almost ten merits, and you need thirteen for your masters. No, it's it's nine. I'm at nine. Uh, a good half of the of my merit images right now are client images, and they started out as client images. Sometimes they're a client image that that then was taken up to one one more higher level than than that than I would have just for the client delivery. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, mentioning Southern Flair here in in the Dallas Fort Worth area, my friend Dwayne Lee likes to refer to them as the difference between print merits and green merits. Uh, there's a difference sometimes between an image that's going to sell to your client. And you're going to make money on that image client, that client image all day, but may not necessarily be a good image in competition. Right, absolutely. Yeah, there's different ones, but you know, I'm looking at the images that you're producing to deliver to your clients, and they're already at a level that I would score high 
if I was judging the print competition with my limited experience. Right. You know? And I think that's that's what we would want to do, you know. And and again, I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of flack from it from a lot of photographers, but I believe that we are professional photographers of America, not you know professional competitors of America. You know, so well, I some think, of some I of the client images, that, some the of the client images I'm talking about in, in competition are ones that were created, not just they're not they're not necessarily a portrait for the wall there for uh, my commercial clients. So those images are a little more over the top, a little more high concept than than your general uh, portrait that you would do for a client. And actually, it's because I, it's because of that competition image. Some of that some of my clients come because they notice that commercial work, that, that high concept work. They see that and they come to me because they got excited by that. Then they turn around and that's not what they want for themselves, but they came to me originally because of the competition work. Right, absolutely. And and I've seen your work and that's you know, I understand taking a photograph for a client and uh, you know you you deliver a great image to the client to have on their wall and then you look at that image and think, you know, I could take this a couple of steps further with some retouching, some textures, or creative cropping, and turn this into a competition print. Uh, and I totally agree that that is within the lines of your expertise on how that's going to go. But I think that a lot of photographers, and and I have contemplated this as well, of sitting down and doing a concept and actually creating an image that's its entire purpose is to try and score the most amount of points possible. So, I have one of those going to IPC this summer. You're my man. <laughs> I, I just don't think I have that in me. Okay, so we killed the competition enough. So, Jim, on to the next question. <laughs> uh, well, that was the that was the last question you had on here, Robert. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, you ran out of ideas for me already. Yeah. No, well, no, I just I wanted to say, I just wanted to say, I, I can't really. Um, are you guys still seeing the screen? Okay, let me take this off. Only okay. when you talk. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, whenever um, you talk about the competition, I have not ever competed. Uh, I know that I should. I was going to last year, um, but it's just that you know you have to. You, you just, it's costly too. You have to spend the money, but uh, you know I just haven't been there yet. I don't. I don't feel comfortable doing it, but also the money issue. Um, so well, I have. I have a program that I've given to several different uh, local guilds here in Texas and uh, spoken to um, a few other groups as well about why you should do print competition. It, it, But the bottom line is it will improve your work. It will turn you into a better photographer. The process, once you realize that all the judges that are there, they're not there to tear down your work. They're there to make you better. Mm -hmm. The advice they're going to give is going to make you better in your daily work, not just in your competition work. And I can see marked improvement from where I was before I started competition to where I am now today, and it's only been three years or so since I started really working in competition. My work has improved tenfold in that time. Simply because you have competed and gotten critique from them, right? Yes, and I listen to that critique and I and I apply that in my daily work as well as in my uh, as well as in my competition work. So did you get critiqued just at the competition, or did you did you have some other outside sources? Uh, obviously, you had other outside sources, but I mean, did you get together with anybody and have them do a critique of your portfolio? A few. I haven't done a I haven't done a full portfolio critique other than once with a with a mentor at Texas School one year, uh, and we won't talk about what he said about my portfolio at that time. That was before I started competition, uh, but. 
I have several masters that are friends online on Facebook. I'll, tr I'll send them images and get, get some feedback on them. But the biggest one about competition is to actually attend the competition itself, grab judges after it's all over, and talk to them about specific images, more about the ones that didn't succeed than the ones that did, right. and have that open mind and let them, let them talk about it, knowing that, that they're just trying to help. Right. That's that's great advice. I can definitely see how, you know, being positive in your critique, and I think a lot of photographers really take that in a negative way. They look at the critique as being it's a negative thing, it's a negative thing versus saying, okay, well, I can improve that. So it's all about positive critique. And uh, I've actually sat in in there, and uh, I, I think there's some very good positive notes that go on during a print competition that if you you know, take that in a positive way that can help you improve your photography. So I definitely agree with that 100%. You know, and we're on this whole thing of the PPA right now. Um, you know, what, you, you've been a member for a long time. I Not really, have, actually. Really? How long have you been a member? Uh, I'm coming up on three years. Oh, this my God. My, I, think this is my fourth, I think this is my fourth year right now. You are I'd just look at it. tearing up the world then. Yeah. Yeah, well, after, after my first state-level competition uh, down to which we're our, our new next one is coming up. It'll be my fourth one this year. After the first one I did, I did very well that year. I went four for four in my case. And Richard Sturdivant, of all people, at the pool, told me after I went four for four there, he told me I had to get my master's in three years. Well, this is year three, so we're working on it. <laughs> wow. Oh, that is awesome. Okay, so why did you join the PPA? I joined PPA for that educational opportunity to be able to get that feedback, get that quality feedback on prints from print competition, uh, and to, to give back a little bit. What one of the things I tell people when whenever they get advice from me, when I when I help them out, I, I stop. I, and I'm always helping out new photographers starting out. Uh, I just had a second shooter this last weekend on a on a rare wedding for me. I don't shoot weddings, but I, I had a friend that needed needed some help. So I brought her along. She's brand new, getting started on. And I told her the same thing I tell every other new photographer I help. Pay me back by paying it forward. When they're in the position I'm in, find somebody that's new starting out and bring them up. Uh, a rising tide lifts all boats. Oh, dude, I, I love that. This is now yeah. the second, second, the second interview time. E that we've heard this from. Yeah. Uh, so James what Pratt. about... What about the importance of this to new photographers? You know, Jim and I deal with a lot of new photographers, new budding photographers, and so many of them would prefer to go get advice from a Facebook group or from another one person maybe in their age group, and they just don't see the viability of the professional photographers of America. What can, if anything, say to those new people from you, from you to them? It's all, it's all about the networking. It's networking not just with your people at your same skill level, but the people that are, that are more advanced than you are. Uh, you'll find that they're, if they're in PPA, they're willing to help. They're not competition. It's, it's not about competition. It's all about helping each other. By helping each other, we help the entire industry. And that's what PPA is all about. Okay, well, I'm going to get in one more question. I'm going to let Jim take over after that. Okay, oh, so... In the new, you know, we have so many newcomers coming up in the ranks of photographers. It seems like everybody can buy a camera at, uh, you know, Best Buy, and right away they hang a sign up and they're a professional photographer. Now, 
I agree that everybody has a right to their own passion and a right to their own pursuit of happiness. But in this new, um, I guess, new wave of photographers coming up through the ranks, what is the one thing that just burns and chaps your butt the most that you wish they would change or you wish the industry would change? I don't know how much the industry can change it, but the biggest mistake I see young photographers making is not understanding how much it costs for them to be in business, how much it costs for them to go out and do a shoot. Uh, I, don't, I don't tell people what they should charge, but I tell people that they need to know what they need to charge. Uh, if they can make a business model out of $50 CDs, that's great, but I don't think they've thought it through. They haven't thought through all of their expenses. It's, it goes back to what I was saying earlier about needing business classes, business 101. You need to know what your expenses are, what your overhead is, and how busy you want to be. And once you know those numbers, you can create a figure that you know how much money you need to make per client just to stay in business. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I have a few people that I'm helping right now, and that's the one thing I want them to understand is the numbers. Uh, you know, in the beginning part of their career, they may not be in a level of quality where they can charge $200 for a session or, uh, you know, $100 for an 8x10 print, but they need to know how far off they are so they can move towards that. And I have them sit down, and I'm, and I'm like, you know, your spouse may already have income coming in. But if that spouse was not there tomorrow and you had to earn income from photography, what is your monthly living expenses? How much is your rent? How much is your car payment? Your insurance? All that stuff needs to go figured in. Am I, am I wrong in that? Oh, no. Not, absolutely. It's, it's your total expenses divided by the, the how many appointments you want to have <clears> per <throat> month. And that's how much money you need to make per client for that many clients per month. Wow. Now, you're going to teach a business class here soon because we'd love to go <laughs> on that. Yeah. Actually, that, that formula... I picked up from Steve Kozak here in Texas. Really? Well, what, yeah. when are you going to teach the next business class? I'm interested. He teaches a great business class. We're actually at Fort Worth PPA. We're looking to do a business class with Steve teaching it probably in the fall. Okay. I've well, got to work those dates out with Steve. Yeah. Get information when, for us. We'd love to have it advertised on the podcast. Yeah, we would. And, and I would love to go because, uh, you know. I obviously need that too. <laughs> Steve, Steve is a master businessman and a master marketer. He he is he's fantastic with all that stuff. He's done a lot for me, giving me advice on things over the years. Does he have anything online? Like I know that's where we all go, but I mean, does he have I'm anything? I'm not certain. I'd, I'd do a Google on Steve Kozak, K K O Z A K, and uh, see what he see what he's got. He he does a workshop tour through the Southwest sometimes. He's teaching a class at Arlington Camera here at local. Uh, coming up pretty quick, I think, because I keep getting emails from Arlington Camera about it. Yeah, well, speaking of uh, teaching a class, I'll be up there in your in your uh, at your location uh, to teach a Lightroom class. Um, When's that? The uh, January. <laughs> January. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You're coming. To, you're coming to Guild for us for. That's right. That's a long that's right. time from now. It is the long, long time. time from now. Next next month, I'm looking at doing a workshop for. Uh, Teaching composites. I did a I did a super one day for PPA in May, and it was so popular. I've got more people that want to take it, so I'm going to end up having to give it again probably here in July. That won't be through PPA. It'll be just through my, my studio. Uh, but I can send you guys that information too when it's ready. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Send us cool. any information you have. We'll definitely love to promote you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was very funny. We actually started a uh, super one day in May for business class. I did not have a single 
registration. Not a single one. Business isn't sexy. Nobody wants to take it. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, I had like all the spreadsheets laid out to have people like, you know, put in all their numbers and just, you know, look at that surprise shock on their face of like, oh my God, I got to make that much money every month just to break even, not right. even making a profit. And, uh, you know, it kind of puts, puts a fire under your butt when you look at how much money you do need to make every month to make bill payments. And you'll stop yeah. giving work away when that happens. Uh, yes. Yes, absolutely. Okay, Jim, so uh, what, do you, what, what else you got up there? Um, I, I don't. Uh, I'm going to steal a question, actually. Uh, I just thought of this. I'm going to steal a question from another podcast. Um, oh, good. So now we're cheap photographers and thieves. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just think it's a great question to isn't ask. There, isn't there some photographer that just got in trouble for all that? <laughs> <laughs> Not yeah, mentioning any names. Yeah, it's just a question. <laughs> Uh, so if you if you had a thousand dollars to spend on your uh, marketing or your business, what would you spend that one thousand dollars on? Oh, that's a good question. What would I spend it on on marketing? Or or any or any part of your business? If it was just, if you had a thousand dollars to spend on your business, where would where would you spend it, and what would you do with it? I don't know what I'd spend a thousand dollars on today. Uh, I've got pretty much everything I need equipment-wise. I'm not an equipment junkie. I'm I'm a big fan of whatever works. So I I have fairly inexpensive lights. I use I use Alien B lights. Uh, I have hand-built sets in my studio. I do a lot of white background stuff uh, and then cut out in in Photoshop later on. Although I'm not a Photoshop person, that's another that's another topic entirely. <laughs> uh, but digital backgrounds, composite work. Uh, and a lot of the backgrounds I get there, I either have shot myself or I get from inexpensive stock sites online. I, I, I'm very frugal. It's one of the reasons why I have survived as long as I have, because I don't spend money unnecessarily. Uh, when people ask me what camera to get, I, I tell them, don't worry about the camera as much. If you're going to spend money somewhere in your photography business, spend it on the lens. The glass is what's most important. That's right. Uh, and really, in my bag, though. The, the two lenses I use, the primary lenses I use is, is the Canon 70-200-28L and the 24-70-28L. And that's where most of the money in my equipment is, is in those two lenses. Yeah, those are your rock star lenses. Once you get those yep. two things, everything else is cherry. But with yep. those two lenses, you can do basically 99% of anything you need to do, ever. And, and that's exactly what it is. I, I use those for 99% of the time. I have a cheap 50-millimeter 1.8 that you know spends for 100 bucks. It's a great little lens. Uh, my mentor from the UK calls it the plastic fantastic. I just called it the thrifty fifty. Uh, <laughs> so, so as far as marketing, how would you spend the thousand dollars on marketing? Well, marketing right now, I'm about to do a campaign. As I said before, I've, I've got my primary business. Eighty percent of my photography business comes from from headshots, primarily actor headshots. If I had a thousand extra thousand dollars right now, I'd be doing a marketing campaign to the agents and acting coaches that are here in town. I've got a plan to do so with a with a, one of the complicated get your attention boxes of uh, little goodies to send out to those coaches and 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 agents here in town try and get their attention in the first place because if you can get referrals from those people if I can get refer more referrals from those people I could probably go to 100% of my business coming from acting headshots just because there's a lot of talent that comes out of the Dallas Fort Worth area there's been there's been big names that have come out of the Dallas Fort Worth area and there's always actors that want want to get started. So, do you do email marketing as well as uh, like uh, mail? Like uh, what do you call it? Direct no, mail. I don't. I don't do any direct mail. 
Okay. All, all my marketing is, is email, Facebook. Uh, I don't even do any odd advertising on Facebook. Everything I get off of Facebook and Twitter is all word of mouth. People who have followed me and pick it, pick it up from there. Uh, everything else I get is, is referrals through networking, through with other actors and with other business people. I do a lot of business headshot work as well. Uh, I volunteer with one of the local pageants, which is, gets me in all the pageant circles because most of these girls that are in the pageants are doing more than one pageant, so they talk about you. They're showing your pictures off around. And really, I haven't felt a need to do direct marketing, direct direct mail marketing. Uh, I do a few seniors per year. This, this last spring, I just mentioned that I was so busy. I had a huge flood, well, huge for me, flood of last-minute Lucy's. I had lots of people who were getting ready to graduate and realized, oh, I haven't done my senior pictures yet. <laughs> and everybody else in town was booked, apparently, so they started calling me. Uh, so I do a few seniors a year. Most of the seniors I do in, in a year are in that March to May time period because of because of that last minute Lucy syndrome. Uh, but really, again, I don't do any direct advertising. I, I work with a couple of the schools for doing their uh, do the dance team at one of the schools. I've done cheerleaders do the cheerleaders a couple times, and I do those pro bono. I go out and I'll I'll shoot the entire team for no charge and then sell individual images to the team. And I do that to get my to get that networking done, to get myself mm -hmm. in front of those people. So you you do the pro do it pro bono but you sell prints to the individual cheerleaders. Right, the session itself is pro bono and then I sell and I sell individual prints. And with some uh, a, a group like the cheerleaders, they oftentimes want to do promotional posters that they go out and sell, which I'll sell close to my cost because it'll have my advertising on it as well. So in a way I do advertising but it's kind of second hand. It's I don't do any direct advertising. It's all referrals like that or you know I get I get tagged on on things that, that are being sold like that by the cheerleaders. A bunch of cute girls going out and selling images that are mine on a poster that has my logo down in the bottom corner. People notice it. Right. Dude, that's awesome. I want to come talk to you about this cheerleader thing because, uh, you know, we shoot some cheer gems, but that's about all we do. And I wanted to get into some composites because I have two cheerleaders. Two of my daughters are in cheerleading. And they do competitive and high school, and it's eating my lunch. <laughs> I need to get some of that money back. <laughs> right, right. It's, if you've got an in like that, you should be in great shape. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I keep telling my wife that round is a shape. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, for me. This business is, is less about who you, who you get the attention of and, than, than it is about who you know. Finding it, it, Get out there. You have to be personable. Get out there and, and network and, and, and don't be shy. I mean, I was terminally shy in high school. I was terribly shy in high school. Doing something like this... Even uh, even ten years ago would have been something I couldn't have done. I, I just would not have been able to to muster the the courage to go on a on a broadcast on a podcast or or a video podcast even like this. Okay, so but get, you have to you have to overcome those things if you want to succeed in in any business, not just not just photography. Okay, so expand on that a little bit. You say get out there, network. What what specifically are you saying to do? Like. Call people or go. No, cold, cold calling doesn't work. Cold calling just pisses people off. Uh, hard sell just pisses people off. I don't do either one of those things. I get out to the acting events and meet people. I last summer, last summer, I shot still photography for a movie, pretty much for free. I I I got paid very very little for the amount of work we put into that that I put into that movie shooting stills on that movie. I I got paid very very little, but the people I met on that set were very clear after the first few days what I really do for a living. 
that I do acting headshots, that I do promotional shots, that I do the character shots that they need. And I have gotten a lot of business out of just that one movie. So, so if, for example, like if, if, you're, if you're a photographer that wants to get into a certain type of photography, uh, what, let's say it's uh, acting or real estate or, or headshots or whatever, whatever that industry is, pick that and then find the groups or the uh, functions or whatever that they could go to to get networking uh, with those people, right? Right, and there may be some cold calling involved, but what I mean by cold calling in this context is not picking up a phone and calling people at random. I mean walking in to talk to them. Uh, if you wanted to do pet photography, for instance, hit up the vet clinics around town, walk in, bring your work with you, and, and try to talk to them. Especially if you, it, it, most pet photographers have pets of their own. Talk, start with your own vet. Talk to them about what it is you do. See if they'll, see if they're interested in doing some sort of uh, co-op advertising with you. If they'll put up some of your work at their, at their shop. Uh, you mentioned realtors. Realtors are real hard. It's a real hard nut to crack. Realtors are cheaper than photographers. But yes, <laughs> uh, you can meet, you can meet a lot of realtors by going to general networking groups. Uh, you can go on to meetup.com and look for networking groups. And what a lot of those groups are are industry-unique groups. So you can you can walk in there as the photographer and maybe be the only photographer there at that group. And you'll meet people that are uh, you know do flooring. They'll they're realtors there. They're bankers there. All people that may need photography one way or another, or have clients that need your photography for whatever niche that is. Yeah, I actually. Uh, not too long ago, uh, sent an email. I went to the Northwest Chamber of Commerce here in Oklahoma and uh, sent an email to several of the businesses were in the, that were in the list. They have a, like a list there you can click on and you can send them emails. And I got one one person out of that group uh, call me to uh, set up a, a, a photo shoot. Um, so that's another, another way I guess you could do it, uh, get in touch with your Chamber of Commerce. Um, right, either, commerce is a, good, is a good source, especially either, if you've got a good active one. Right, right. Either join it or just get in, go to some of their meetings or whatever. And uh, so, okay, right. well, and and work on your thirty-second elevator speech. What what it what it is that you do? Don't answer. I'm a photographer, because okay. that's a set idea in their heads of what a photographer is, and that's not necessarily what you want to be. Uh, I see. Work on that speech. Work on what it is you do, and work on it without stuttering your way through it, which I have tended to do in this yeah. interview occasionally. Oh, hey, wait a minute. No, this no. Be, this could it's... be the takeaway from the show. Yeah. Work on your 30-second introduction. All right, yeah. so what's your 30-second introduction, Mr. Brad? I am an artist. I see the world through a different set of eyes than most people do. I show the world how beautiful they are through my photography. Awesome. Ooh, Love that. You know what? That almost made me want to marry you. <laughs> Entire world is beautiful. You just got to show it. Show people what it is you see. and Use your photography to do it. Uh, oh, I try to avoid using the word photographer to describe myself. I try to describe myself as an artist. A photographer is a technician because really when it comes down to it, Everything I know about photography, I could probably teach you in eight months. If it was a solid day-after-day day event, I could teach you just about everything I know about photography in eight months. What I can't teach you is how to be an artist. A photographer, in people's minds, have a top limit of how much money they're worth. 
And this is the problem that has gotten worse because of these people that go out and shoot 200 images on a CD for 50 bucks. It has, it has demeaned the idea of what a photographer is in the public's mind. Mm -hmm. But if you're an artist, you can charge anything you want. Wow. That's some, that's some heavy stuff right there, buddy. I like that. <laughs> I actually stole that from Joel Grams. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that sounded familiar, but it's awesome. It's, it's a great idea, and it's actually It's a true. perfect idea, it, and it, it really is. We have to start seeing ourselves as artists, not as photographers, because artists are artists. Photographers are technicians. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm typing that in. <laughs> okay, he's typing that in. All right, well, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Yep, I think yep. we've got, how, long, how long has the clock been running? Uh, I, I do not see a clock. I was looking for that earlier. I do not have a time, but it is. It is good. time. It is time. It's been forever. Yeah. It's hey, been Brad. Forever. It it's been awesome uh, having you on here. You, you've been a great. Uh, you've got. You've shared some great content with our listeners, and we appreciate that. Um, you know, if if you ever want to be on again, just let me know. If you got a special thing Anytime. you want to do, uh, we'll we'll get you on and promote it. You know, maybe we'll have you on a segment if it's just a short thing or whatever. Uh, even if it's audio or whatever, uh, be great. Give so, me a call uh, anytime. Any local, any any people getting started out, the the takeaway here is to join your local PPA groups, uh, your local town groups, and your state groups, and then the national group after that. Well, that's totally awesome. Uh, FYI, I, I have a contact to send you for some actress, for some uh, uh, actor headshots. I'll take care of them. So I'm gonna I'm gonna send them your way. Talk to you soon, bud. I really appreciate okay. the information. All right, thanks a lot, Brad. No problem. myself that's funny it's 12:44 we have 15 minutes because I want to look cute <laughs> you know what I'm saying can you hear that <laughs> I've got some great stuff for bloopers going to we're going to actually use this video for bloopers how you like the sound of this mic baby <gasps> oh yeah oh my god almighty you're gonna blow my eardrums out my friend well, Gee, christmas so i'm thinking you can hear me oh jeez.
I had to take them off. Hold on, I'm gonna turn you down, sucker. Come down, come down, my friend. Test, test, one, two, three. Oh, shut up for a second. I'm gonna mute Hello. You. Oh, I'm muted you. Settings, my God, <laughs> you're blo- okay, you're blowing out my. Jim, how about now? Testing one, two, three. Testing, testing. Oh, shh. Right. So, are you are you are you okay, regretting? Brad, you are you? Re- <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can find my hat. <laughs> I have a hip hat up there somewhere. Do you re- regret actually coming on now that you listened? Yes, of course. Oh. <laughs> Down, Jim, and then start us off. Okay. Ten bucks to ten Count bucks. out five seconds and then go ahead and start on with the intro. Okay, here we go. I'm going to count to five. Four. Are you counting your head? Ah, uh, yes. I'm not going to. I got to have room to, to edit. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I figured you'd count pimp hat? five. Yeah, get the pimp hat. Yeah, get it. Go get your oh, yeah. hat. Hang on. Yeah. Go get the pimp hat. Okay, you definitely got to cut this thing in here because this would be awesome. Brad's getting his pimp hat. Oh. <laughs> I told you I had a pimp hat. Yeah. That's, that's pretty awesome. That is a like pimp a hat. Pimp. Holy moly. That's cool. <laughs> Doesn't quite fit with the headphones on, does it? Doesn't quite fit at all, actually. Yeah. It's tiny. Yeah. Okay, well, let's just pause for a second and have give me a spot to edit. Okay, we're going to do that now? Yeah, shut up. God. Killing me. <laughs> okay, I'll just include that. <laughs> P P P P P P P. Shut up! Sibilance, sibilance, sibilance. Bookends. 